Well, good morning, church family, and Merry Christmas. Hey, I love that. I love it. It is Christmas time, and we have been in this great series kind of leading up to Christmas Eve, so we're almost to the climax of our Christmas series, and I love what God is teaching us through this series as God is inviting us into His story. And I love Christmas time, right? I mean, it's just so special and so amazing, and you hear, you know, Christmas songs being sung, and the mall and all the places and everybody's celebrating because Jesus came into the world, he changed the world, right? I mean, he split history in two, B.C., before Christ, A.D., Anno Domini, right? The year of our Lord. It all comes down to Jesus and what Christ has done for us. He changed the world and he's changed our lives. And this has been called the most wonderful time of the year. And I, and I hope and pray that you have a great Christmas and a great Christmas. But sometimes Jesus can get lost amid all the things that we have going on. How many of you finished your Christmas shopping? Anybody finished Christmas? Oh, way to go. Way to go. All right. The rest of you got a couple days right now. Okay, so it's right here, right? Christmas Eve. I'll see you at the mall uh, or online, right? You're just waiting for everything to get delivered. And, uh, but it is the time of year, man. It is go time. We got Christmas parties, Christmas things we're shopping for. We got all these things that are happening, Christmas cards. And in your mind, you're probably thinking of all this stuff we got to get done before Christmas is here. And sometimes Jesus gets lost in the middle of it all. A couple years ago, a good friend of mine, he, he told me, he said, you know, Christmas is always so crazy. And so I thought about this. I'm going to take my wife, you know, and we're just going to do a little getaway to get a little R&R, &R, a little peace and quiet before Christmas. It's going to be her Christmas present. And so her parents are coming in early, and they're going to stay with the kids, and then we're going to get a little bit of time just to run away for a couple of days, and then we're going to come back and uh, be here because Christmas is so crazy with the young kids and everything else. And I was like, man, that is a great idea. That, that, that's awesome. And I said, so where are you going to go? And he goes, New York. I go, really? Wow. Okay, so New York City, right? You're going to go to New York City for a little peace and quiet before Christmas, right? And he's like, yeah, I've never been. And I was like, obviously, right? You know, like, you, you have not. You know, he's like, she's never been. So I just thought it would be so great that we could go. And, you know, she wants to go ice skating and see the tree. And we were just going to slip away. And I was thinking in my mind, you're nuts, man. I mean, like, it is anything but peaceful in New York, right? I mean, it is like more people you've ever seen in traffic. It is crazy. But in our minds, right, we want peace. We want peace. And we think this time of year, we're going to get it. And so often we get anything but peace. Right? So often we get anything but peace, but it's all the craziness. And yet into our lives and into the world, God comes and brings peace. And it's something we all desire. And yet so many people miss the peace that comes at Christmas. If you have a Bible with you this morning, I invite you up with me to Isaiah Isaiah 9-6, we've been walking through this Old Testament passage, this prophecy, and, and just seeing it all come fulfilled in Jesus. I mean, written 700 years before Christ, and all of it comes true in the Messiah, the one that everybody was waiting for. So if you turn to Isaiah, it's kind of in the middle of your Bible, and you'll kind of hit that spot. If you get in Psalms, go to the right, you'll be there. If you need a Bible, there's some Bibles in the back. Love for you to grab one and we'll put the words on the screen as well. But Isaiah 9-6 is where we've been spending so much of our time. And it says this, written to a people who, there was not peace. I mean, these people were like, you know, the Assyrians were attacking. You know, the government was in disarray. There was a lot of unrest uh, politically, a lot of unrest just in their own lives. And they're waiting for hope. And God says this, 
in verse 8 through the prophet Isaiah. He says, for to us a child is born, verse 6 here, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called, these four things, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Prince of peace. And so far in our series, we've seen that Jesus truly is the wonderful counselor, right? Whatever you're going through in life, God comes to walk with you, to be there for you, to counsel you, to lead you. Christ has come. There is hope. We've seen that he is mighty God, right? No situation is hopeless because God is here, Emmanuel, God with us. We've seen that he is everlasting father, and the way he responds to us is as a loving father. He promises to protect. He promises to provide. He promises to always be there for us. And today we're going to see this, that he is the prince of peace. Peace. <laughs> it's what we all need, what we all desire, and what God comes to give. If you turn over to Luke, Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, New Testament, we're going to see the birth story and see what God had to say about his son coming to us. Matthew and Luke are the two places where we get the birth narrative, where we get what happened on that first Christmas as God entered into our world. So Luke chapter 2, and it tells us this. It says, in those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And this was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. Now, you talk about a time in history that needed peace, right? It was this time. Uh, the Romans had kind of, you know, conquered most of the world at this time. Caesar Augustus thought he was kind of the, you know, end-all, be-all. He was the emperor over the whole thing. And the Romans have this kind of phrase, right? Pax Roma, which literally means the peace of Rome. And their whole thought was this. If we conquer the world, then there'll be peace, right? Well, we'll conquer everybody, and then there'll be peace, right? Yeah, right. In their world, there was war, there was destruction, there were slaves. I mean, there was darkness, there was constant fear. There was uh, anything but peace back then, okay? I mean, you talk about unrest, rebellions, you, yeah, crucifixions, anything but peace. So Caesar Augustus issues this decree. Everybody's got to go to your own town to register. And what it was for was for taxation and military service. Because they would conquer all these people, and then about every couple of years, they would have everybody go and register. Now, the Jews didn't have to serve in the military. Everybody else, like you were slaves, right? You had to serve in the military, the Roman army. But the Jews, they knew these people were pretty rebellious, so they said, hey, you're not going to serve in the military, but you've got to pay double taxes. You know, we know you guys are making a lot of money, so we, you pay double taxes, so you're going to go to your own town to register. And now think about this. Caesar doesn't care about... You know, the elderly doesn't care about pregnant women. It wasn't like, hey, we can just jump on a flight and we'll fly down. We'll just get a registration done and be back. I mean, you're traveling a long way. And Caesar doesn't care about any of that. He just wants his money, right? I mean, that first Christmas was about money. Pretty interesting. Still the same, right? So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. Now, pretty incredible to think about how sovereign God goes, hey, I'm going to be sure and get you guys down here to Bethlehem, right? We know that the Messiah is going to come from the town of Bethlehem, Nazareth, about 100 miles from Bethlehem. But God in the sovereignty is like orchestrating everything, bringing Joseph down there. And he went there to register with Mary, 
who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. So here's Mary, 40 weeks pregnant, right? Traveling 100 miles on the back of a donkey or walking, you know, to be there with Joseph. They go there to register because both of them, if you go back and trace the lineage, you'd see their genealogies. They both come from David's line in the house of David to Bethlehem, the house of bread. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. And she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. So you talk about anything but peace. I mean, here they are, you know, in Bethlehem. Here they are. They can't find a guest room. Everything's packed. The place has swelled to four to five times its normal size. People are everywhere. They end up having the baby in a cave, most likely. Sheep and goats and cows, everything's around. Joseph's pushing back. And here's Mary delivering in the mill. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. I mean, right? I mean, when an angel shows up, you're terrified. Angels aren't just like these, you know, plump little halo with the little wings. You know, they're not just like that. Angels are warriors. They are warriors, warriors of light. And so these angels show up, and these shepherds are terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I'm so glad the angels say, don't be afraid, because we're all going to be afraid, right? So don't be afraid. Hold on. Chill out. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Now, I love that. You know, this is the birth announcement, right? I mean, God doesn't, you know, take Jesus' foot and put it on a little card and mail it to everybody, right, hidden Bethlehem. He sends angels, and angels say, hey, guys, here is good news of great joy. That's why there's joy at Christmas, because God brought joy into this world, right? Good news of great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. A Savior has been born to you. Don't miss that this Christmas. Don't miss it. Not just a Savior born to the world, not just a Savior born to the Jews, but a Savior born to you. Personal. A sovereign God who loves you that much. Born to you. And He is the Messiah. The one you've been waiting for. The one all the prophecies were talking about. The one that, you know, causes your heart to stir. The one that brings hope. The one that brings joy. The one that brings peace. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Now that had to throw the shepherds off. They're like, find a baby wrapped in we, we thought Messiah would be this warrior. We thought the Messiah would be coming in to overthrow the Romans. What do you mean a baby wrapped in cloths? And then they start to think, Isaiah 9, 6, right? For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, okay, look at this, look at what they say. Here's the birth announcement. Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth, peace. <laughs> and on earth, peace. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. What God knows that we need is peace. What God knows that they needed back in Isaiah's time, 700 years before Jesus, 
God knew they needed peace. What God knows they needed there with the Romans, God knew they needed peace. And what God knows that we need today is he knows that we need peace. Peace in our relationship with God. Peace in our relationship with others. Peace with ourselves. We need peace. And God came to bring us peace. The Prince of Peace is here. It's Christmas. So if you're taking notes today, here's some things I want you to write down. I want you to get this today. It's so important. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Don't miss that today. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. We try to find peace in a lot of different ways in our world today. But it's Jesus. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. This is Isaiah 9, 7. We've been stopping at Isaiah 9, 6. For us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. You know, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. If you keep going, that prophecy doesn't end. It goes to 9, 7. It says, of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He came to bring us eternal peace. He came to bring us peace that will last. True peace only comes in Jesus. Guys, governments come and go, right? The Assyrians who were attacking back then, they came and they went. The Babylonians, the Persians, right? You keep going, the Greeks, the Romans. It's just government will come and government will go. But true peace only comes in Jesus. So often we want people to legislate peace, you know, but peace is only going to come in Christ. Most people try to find peace in the things of this world. I mean, really, right? It's like my buddy, we, we want some peace, so we're going to go on vacation. And maybe you're thinking that, man, if I could just make it to vacation, you know, we're going to go somewhere after Christmas, or we're going to go somewhere in the spring, or we're going to go, and you're kind of living for that, man, I can get some peace if I can just go on vacation, right? Vacations are great. Do it, go, it'd be great. But, but don't think that's going to be the end-all, be-all. <laughs> or if I could get a massage, right? If I can get a massage, then, oh, man, I'm going to have peace, right? You know, that's going to be it, right? You know, or Manny or Petty or whatever, you know, like, yeah, that's it, right? You know, Woo, man, that's it. That's my peace. That is it. If I could go shopping, that's not me, but maybe you, right? Peace, no, it's crazy, right? But whatever you think in your mind, hey, it's going to be peace, and there will be temporary relief. And we need those kind of temporary reliefs in our life. But true peace only comes in Jesus. His peace doesn't have an end. Those other things end, right? You come back from vacation. As great as it is, you come back and you're like, oh man, there's a lot of emails waiting for me, right? You know, I, got, I got to jump right back into it. I get right back there. You get out of you know, your massage and you're like, oh man, I'm right back into it. Right back in the throes. But hey... We cannot satisfy God's needs through man means. We cannot satisfy God's needs through man means. And the world will try to do it, and many times we try to do it, but it only comes through Christ. Jesus wants you to experience peace with your past. Isn't that awesome? So many people, man, there's just not peace in the past. And maybe you hear here today, you're still battling some things that happened in the past. You're still kind of going back through some things in your mind and keeps you up at night. And you have these regrets or you have this guilt. And Jesus comes to bring forgiveness. He comes to bring grace. He comes to give you peace in the present. That you can have peace right where you are today. And maybe you're thinking, well, not everything's perfect in my life. Not everything is right. Right, 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 right. We're going to talk about that. But listen, he comes to give you peace. And he comes to give you peace with your future. 
We don't know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. <laughs> we don't know what's going to come in our world. We don't know what's going to come in our government. We don't know what's going to come in our lives, right? We don't know, but, but we know that Jesus is the Lord of all. <laughs> that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Jesus brings us peace with God. Guys, don't miss that today. Jesus brings us peace with God. Holy God, sinful man, right? Holy God, sinful man, but Jesus comes to bring us peace. Here's what Jesus says to his disciples. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. He's like, I want you to have peace. That's why I'm telling you these things. In this world you will have trouble. Not you might have trouble, not you could have trouble. In this world, you will have trouble. Sometimes we think when I'm going through a difficult time, or I'm going through a challenging time, we're like, maybe I'm outside of God's will. Maybe God's mad at me, right? No, we live in a broken world. We live in a fallen world. <laughs> Jesus said, hey, to his disciples, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, exclamation point. Maybe that's all you need to hear today. Take heart, exclamation point. Jesus said, I've overcome the world. I am enough. Hold on to me. Trust me. I'm with you in the middle of it all. Peace does not mean the absence of problems or questions. Peace doesn't mean the absence of problems or questions. All right, you think about this. Mary, right? I, I, I love Mary. I mean, just, she is amazing. I mean, when God was choosing the mother of his son, right, on earth, the earthly mother, right? He chooses Mary. And it wasn't like she was the most highly educated. I mean, it wasn't that she was the wealthiest. You would kind of think, oh, man, I'm going to, you know, choose somebody who's got, like, you know, all the money and all the success. No, he chose somebody who was obedient. He chose a mom who would love his son. And it was a labor of love walking all this time. But if you go back to Luke chapter 1, Luke chapter 1, verse 26, and you can kind of read the whole narrative about when, the angel appeared to Mary and said, Hey, Mary, greetings. You are highly favored. You're going to be the mother of the Messiah. And you would think Mary would be like, Yeah, that's great. But Mary's like, What? You know, wait a minute. And Mary had all these questions, didn't she? She's like, How can this be? I'm a virgin. It doesn't work that way, right? And the angel keeps reassuring her, Hold on, Mary. Hold on, Mary. And then he says, Hey, for nothing is impossible with God. And I love Mary's response. She comes back and she goes, may it be to me as you've said. I trust you. Now, you would think that Mary's going, okay, I'm carrying the Messiah, right? Everything's going to be easy. Oh, no. 100-mile walk. <laughs> going, I'm in a cave. I'm giving birth there. You know, Joe, my husband's like pushing the animals away. I mean, it wasn't easy. But when she's holding, <laughs> Jesus made it all worthwhile. So in our lives, right, don't think that, hey, the, all the problems or all the questions are going to be gone. Because I'm following Jesus, it's going to be perfect. There's still things that we face. Jesus went through suffering. Jesus went through hard times. Jesus went through trials. That, that's where our faith grows. That's where we share our faith with others. That's how we can identify with people who are walking through difficult times. It's in the midst of those times. Peace doesn't mean the absence of problems or questions. We will experience peace as we live in the center of God's will. Guys, we'll experience peace as we live in the center of God's will. That's our call. Us to be obedient. Us to follow Him. Us to grow deeper in our faith with Him. And that's when peace comes in our hearts, in our lives. 
See, it's not about religion, but about a relationship. It's not about religion. It's about a relationship. One of my favorite stories in the Bible comes in Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. There's a guy who is an Ethiopian eunuch. And he's coming to worship at the temple. Coming all the way from Ethiopia. All right? Now this is the time, right, after Jesus has been crucified on the cross, paid the price for our sins, and, and, you know, has been resurrected, conquered death. He ascends into heaven. And now the Holy Spirit has come and the disciples are preaching and teaching and the church is growing. The early church, I mean, there is just so exciting. New people are coming and being added. I mean, it's just like what God's doing here. It's just awesome. Well, here's this guy coming in to worship at the temple. And Philip, one of the disciples, is walking along. And the guy's on his way back to Ethiopia. And he's in his chariot. He's got an entourage. And he's reading the book of Isaiah. (laughs) The same Isaiah that we've been reading from, right? And he's reading the scroll of Isaiah in the chariot. And he's reading Isaiah 53. And he talks about the suffering servant, Isaiah 53. And he's reading through. And and Philip, the disciples, walking along next to this entourage, right? And he looks up and sees the guy reading Isaiah. And and Philip's like, hey, do you, you understand what you're reading? And the guy's like, no, I just, I just came from the temple, but I, I don't have a clue. I mean, who's this guy talking about? Is he talking about himself or is he talking about somebody else? And Philip goes, I'll tell you. He invites him up. He comes up into the chariot. He sits down next to this Ethiopian eunuch, and they start talking. And he's like walking through Isaiah. And he's like, oh, no, this is all talking about Jesus. This is the one that you heard the buzz about. This is Jesus. This is the one to have a relationship with. And the Ethiopian guy's like... That's it, right? Some of the other manuscripts say that the Ethiopian said, I confess Jesus Christ is Lord. And they're driving by water. He's like, there's water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? Philip's like, let's do it, right? They get down, and this guy's baptized right there. Now, we don't know for sure, but most accounts, most people believe that it's this Ethiopian guy that takes the gospel to the continent of Africa. He goes back, and he starts telling everybody about Jesus. And his life has changed. It's in Jesus, right, that our lives are changed. It's in Jesus that we have hope and have life. Look at Romans chapter 5, verse 1. We're going to put it up here on the screen. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. It says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace comes when we are justified through faith. I'm glad you're at church. I'm so thankful and it's so important that we're here. But just being at church doesn't make you a Christ follower. There comes a time when you say, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I believe, I believe, you are the one, the Son of God. Forgive my sins. I want to be justified by faith. Peace comes there. I want to follow you. I want to be obedient to you. I want to be baptized. I want to follow you and trust you. That's where we have peace with God. It's not about religion, but about relationship. Jesus comes to bring us peace with others. Jesus comes to bring us peace with others. And this is so important for us, especially this time of year. Look at this verse from Romans 12, 18. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Now, I love that God gives us an out there, okay, by the way. You know, it's like... If it is possible, because some of you are like, well, I'm just telling you, there's people in my life. And I'm like, I don't know, you know. But, but listen, it says, if it is possible, and then it comes back to us, right? As far as it depends on you. As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. 
You, you know, the holidays are a time, right? When, man, we've got in-laws coming in, we're traveling, we're with cousins, we're with people. And sometimes, sometimes there's dysfunction around. I'm not saying it happens all the time, but sometimes, sometimes there's dysfunction around. Uh, I remember a few years ago, we were flying over the holidays and I was talking to the ticket agent guy at Southwest and I said, man, I bet this is a crazy day for you. I mean, it's one of the busiest travel days of the year. And this was before Christmas. He goes, no, 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 no. He goes, the craziest day is like right after Christmas when all these people can't stand to be with their family and they're coming here and trying to get a ticket out early to fly home. I was like, dude, I'm sorry. You know? I was like, wow. He was serious. I was like, I'll be praying for you on that day, you know. But it kind of made me think, like, that's what happens a lot of times, but not for us, right? We should be different. Jesus calls us to be peacemakers. <laughs> Jesus calls us to be peacemakers. All right? Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Hey, peace is not avoiding a problem. There may be an issue that you got to tackle over the holidays. There may be a time when, you know, you're like, hey, we need to have a family meeting. We need to have a discussion. You could bring peace into that situation. You could be bold. You could be a leader in that situation. I'll be praying for you in that. But it's not just avoiding a problem. It's not just walking away. you got to step in sometimes. Focus on the person, though, and not the problem. Focus on the person and not the problem. And so often, man, we focus on the problem. We just get all worked up about it. And we talk to our siblings about it. And, you know, it's like, uh, you know, hey, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. We're called to bring peace. We're called to bring peace into our families, into our relationships. Jesus, bring Jesus into all your relationships. Bring Jesus into all your relationships. I was driving my daughter, uh, Mabry, to school last week in She's 13, seventh grader, right? Seventh grade girl, we're driving to school. I'm taking her there. She had to be there early. So I'm driving down uh, the road, and, and I looked over, and I said, uh, Mabry, how's your book coming? So yeah, I give all my girls books to read, like, throughout the year. So yeah, I get different books. They're like, okay, Dad, thanks, you know. You know so, but about once every six months, they get a new book, and they're, so they're reading these books. And, and so Mabry's been reading uh, Bob Goff, Love Does. And she's like, Dad, I love this book. It's so great. And I said, well, what, what have you been learning through there? And she goes, I've learned this, Dad. And she goes, I don't always have to win. I was like, that's great. And she goes, you know, sometimes my sisters and I get in an argument. I go, really? I didn't know that, you know. And so she's like, yeah, we do sometimes. And she goes, and I always want to win. And like, even if I'm not right, I want to win. And so like, I'm always trying to win. And, and, and I've just realized, you know what, I don't always have to win. And I go, you know what, that is a great life lesson. That, that's going to be, that's worth the book right there. Yeah, it is a great life lesson because sometimes you can win the battle and lose the war. And you need to be thankful for the relationships that you have. You need to be thankful for the people that are in your life. You need to be thankful for the people around you. And so we had this great talk on the way to school. But man, just bring Jesus into all your relationships. Look at this one. Jesus brings us peace with ourselves. Jesus brings us peace with ourselves. Man, here's what Jesus says. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Now think about that. You have the peace of God in you. If you are a Christ follower, God has placed his peace in you. So maybe you say, well, you know what? I'm always frustrated. I'm angry. I get all But you also have inside of you the peace of Christ. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. 
do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. Maybe you're here today and boy, your heart's troubled or you're afraid. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Focus on Jesus. Focus on the peace that God came to bring to you. Our own insecurity many times leads to worry and fear. You know, we project it out on the people around us. We project it out on others. But many times it's our own insecurity. It's the things inside of us. And if we're not healthy, it's hard for our marriage to be healthy. It's hard for our family to be healthy. It's hard for the people around us. That's where we need to focus on Jesus. We have been forgiven. So stop living in guilt and live in grace. We've been forgiven. We've been redeemed. We've been restored. And for us to live in the grace of God, for us to be people who offer that grace to others. Guys, God loves us so we can love ourselves. God loves us so we can love ourselves. God made you. God created you. And God loves you. And for us to be able to be people who are not like arrogant or boastful, but for us to be just, man, I'm confident. God redeemed me. God restores me. God has a plan and a purpose for me. Then I start to have peace in my life, and it brings peace into other relationships. Hey, true peace comes only in Jesus. True peace comes only in Jesus. Maybe you're looking for peace in some other way. Maybe you're living for some other moment. Maybe you're living for some other you know, experience, hey, I'm telling you, it comes only in Jesus. This is one of my favorite verses, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. If you were here for our Anxious for Nothing series, we hit on this verse. And if you missed that series, go back and watch it because we all need it, right? But it says, do not be anxious about anything. Do not be anxious about anything. Notice that, about anything, right? So I don't know what you're anxious about today, but God's saying don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer, and petition with thanksgiving. Don't miss this. When you start to get anxious, start being thankful. Here's the things I'm thankful for. Here's the things, God, that you're doing. With thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God. I love that. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, <laughs> will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And people look at you and like, how can you have peace in the middle of this? How can you have peace when it's so chaotic at work? How can you have peace when it's so chaotic in the world around us? How can you have peace? You're like, hey, I always tell you, the peace of God which transcends all understanding is guarding my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. There's not an absence of problems or an absence of challenges. I still am in the middle of it. But, but listen, I've got the peace of God. God is with me. God is for me. And God is here. Man, place your faith and trust in Jesus in order to experience true peace. Place your faith and trust in Jesus to, in order to experience true peace. You know, when I was talking to my friend um, who went to New York and went with his wife for a couple of days, you know, to get away, get some peace and quiet. And when he came back, I was interested. I was like, hey, how was your trip, you know? And he goes, whoa. He goes, you talk about like being over, you know, sensitized. He goes, we're walking down Times Square. And I mean, I was like, man. He goes, there was more people than I'd ever seen. There was just like crazy. And I said, well, was it peaceful? He goes, yeah, it really was. He goes, because we held hands as we walked in Central Park and we held hands as we walked down the road. And he goes, we just had a great time together. And I just thought about that. 
then I thought, you know, who are you holding hands with this Christmas? If you're holding hands with the things of the world, man, you're like, life is up and down because you're looking at the bank account. You're like, the money's going out the window. And you're just like, ah. You know, you're trying to hold hands with the things that are happening all around you. Are you holding hands with the one who brings peace? Are you just saying, let's walk through this Christmas? Let's hold hands through this Christmas. When I was about seven or eight years old, I, I remember waking up on Christmas night, you know, as went to bed on Christmas Eve, and, and it was about two in the morning, and, and we heard fire trucks. And I ran to the window, and I can just remember exactly where I was, standing there looking out the window right next to the Christmas tree, Christmas presents on the ground. I don't even remember what was there, but, you know, all the presents that were there. But, but I remember looking out across the way because the house across the street was on fire. Edward and Sandra Dworsik lived there, and they had a live Christmas tree, and the Christmas lights had caught the tree on fire in the middle of the night, and the fire trucks were there, the police were there, my dad had run out the house and was running over there across the street, and I saw the neighbors coming over, and they had helped Edward and Sandra get out of the house, and now they're all standing in the cul-de-sac, and they're watching their house that was on, on fire there, and I can just remember being a little kid and, and seeing this happen, and and seeing their house and seeing the firefighters fighting the fire, but also seeing the neighbors like putting their arms around Sandra and around Edward and uh, they're all standing out there in the middle of the night. And my dad came back in and, and I asked, you know, is everybody okay? He's like, they're all fine, they're fine, they're okay. He said, everybody's gonna be okay. I said, how's their house? He goes, oh, they're gonna be able to save, you know, part of it, but you know, a lot of it's burned down. And he goes, just always remember, you know, people are more important. People are more important. And I'm standing there right next to all the stuff and all the gifts and everything. And, and I don't know, as a kid, it just made an impression on me. People are more important. I don't know what your holiday's like. I don't know who's coming in or where you're traveling or what's going on. But I just hope and pray, man, you can have peace this Christmas. I hope and pray in all the relationships you have and everything that you have that you can have peace. I, I love this quote by St. Augustine. Thou hast made us for thyself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it finds rest in thee. Have you found your rest and your peace in Christ? Has there been a time you said, Lord Jesus, you be the Lord of my life. I want to live in you. I want to be a man or woman after your heart. I want to be a man or a woman of peace. Because that's what God wants for you. I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. I don't know where you are today. I don't know what's going on in your life. But I want to tell you God is here. And God came so that you and I could have peace. Eternal peace. Peace that has no end. That one day things are going to be made right. That one day we will spend eternity with God. So maybe today it's a day that you just say, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I've been looking for peace in so many other ways. I've been thinking that if I can get a certain amount of money or a certain job or position or if I can go on this trip. But, but today I want you, Lord Jesus, to be my peace. Forgive my sins, restore me, redeem me. Maybe today you just go, you know what? It's time for me to be obedient. It's time for me to, to follow. 
to be baptized, to make a commitment to God just to be in church and be committed to Him and find my peace in Him. Maybe today there's something going on in your family. And you need to hear, people are more important. <laughs> and maybe in your family, just to say, God, bring peace. Peace in my marriage. Peace in my kids. Peace in my in-laws. Just peace, Father. And God, let me be an ambassador of peace this Christmas. So, Father, here we are, your disciples. Lord, we need you. <laughs> Oh God, we live in a broken world, we live in a fallen world. God, we know that in this world we will have trouble, but, but God, we also know that you have overcome this world. And we know, God, that you are greater. And so today, Father, we pray that you would fill us, God, with your spirit, that we would be people of peace, that we would be grounded in you, we would be bold, Father, to live our lives for your name and your glory. Thank you, Father, for this morning, and thank you for the gift of peace. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen.